I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you have come close to death, nothing else matters because we are here in a soul's journey and we come here to learn lessons. So if you focus on achieving success, I mean material success, you're simply wasting your time. So if you don't like your life and you don't like the world and you don't like your relationships and you don't like yourself, just question your mind. Because it's the mind interpreting and making up this whole movie that is so harmful for yourself and for others. We exist as a, a part of the universal consciousness. That's the, the divine spark in all of us. We don't need to achieve what we consider our material great things here in this world, because we are. Universal consciousness is going through all of what each sentient being has a spark of consciousness. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid, subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired Keep evolving. Whoa, this week's podcast is not for the faint of heart. It is with Monica Esquiva, and she goes all the way in on the journey towards enlightenment. She basically calls us out. She says, hey, we've been on this Achiever trajectory for long enough, and there is a collective global shift happening now, not just on the planet, but... 
universally. We are shifting into higher and higher levels of consciousness and that's why the old way doesn't work anymore. And it's not about letting go of your achiever. We talk about integration on a really deep level in this podcast. She has written a book called The Seven Levels of Wisdom and we dive deep into unpacking the differences between knowledge and wisdom and how to actually cultivate inner peace, how to cultivate your own benevolence. You're going to absolutely love this conversation. One of the key things, guys, as we're here, I wanted to just humbly ask you to tune in and if you can find it within your heart to please hit subscribe and that bell notification icon. Basically, your subscription enables everything around here. You'll notice recently we got over 10,000 subscribers and we moved into going from doing one podcast a week here on YouTube to two podcasts a week. Now, as we continue to grow, my commitment to you is as this channel grows, as the subscriptions grow, as the views grow, you know, only greater and greater quality, more and more guests will feature. And being truthful with you, when we get to the 100,000 subscriber mark, my ambition is to take this channel to three episodes a week. So, you know, we're definitely just getting started in many ways, Touchwood, and it is your subscription that enables, that empowers everything that we're doing here. If you've got anything, any thoughts, any questions that emerge, please feel free to ask them in the comment section below. I love responding to you guys in there. And just the, the conversation that's created in the comment section below is, is just really fun and really hearty. So appreciate you all for that as well. So if you haven't already, take a moment, please hit subscribe and uh, yeah, we'll be eternally grateful. Thank you so much for your blessings. Welcome back to the Inspired Evolution. And we have with us Inspiring Evolution today, Monica Eskin. How are you, boy? I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> Touch wood. That means a lot to me coming from you. For those that are tuning into Monica Reich, she's an author, she's a teacher, transformational coach, she's a spiritual guide. Her work touches people profoundly. She appeals to people from many different backgrounds. She is supporting people in a path of evolution of consciousness. That sounds very familiar to what we're up to and used to around here, but Humbly, from my perspective, I've, I'm just in awe. She's written nine books, um, published in Spain, Latin America, of a bestseller called Mindfulness in there. And this year she's releasing her first book in English called The Seven Levels um, of Wisdom. And I'm really excited to dive deeper into these levels of wisdom in today's conversation today. Um, but I think tuning into your work, Monica, and you can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but there's this real dynamic between, um, I don't want to say a renaissance, but like keeping bridging Eastern philosophy and thought into Western philosophy and thought and just integrating the two for this practical Western mindset that we have, but also, you know, there's a lot of harm that the, the psychology sort of requires, it feels, and you stepped into the psycho-spiritual space and you studied with Tibetan lamas, including the Dalai Lama. We share a teacher with the highly esteemed Eckhart Tolle. You've done TEDx talks. Um, you were honored as the top 100 women leaders in Spain. Um, you know, there's, there's so much goodness flowing in and around there. And I'm sure even that, I have probably just scratched the surface in what you're up to in the world. But um, I want to, yeah, just start by, you've, you mentioned in your work that what really matters at the heart of everything that's going on in this experience of life is spiritual evolution. Um, now, I know I'm running out of the gate with this question, which is why is that 
the most important thing for an individual, our spiritual evolution. Um, but I'm conscious that, you know, we are robbed of all the context of all the other work that you do as well. So, yeah, but I'm going to stand by that question. So what is, why is it so important, our spiritual evolution? And how did you, and what's the question is, how did you come to this awareness after everything that you steeped yourself in over the last 15 plus years, that this is actually what's at the heart of um, the most important thing in life? Um, I think I think it's is the only thing that matters at the end of the day. You know, when when you have come close to 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 death, and I'm not talking about my own death, but I have worked with a lot of people that were close to death, and I have seen many people dying. And and then I study for many years with Tibetan lamas, as you said, in Nepal and India, and I came to the conclusion that nothing else matters because we are here in a soul's journey. We are here just for a very short period of time and we come here to learn lessons. So if you focus on achieving success and I mean material success, then you are you're simply wasting your time. It may not, you know, it may be this this view may not be shared by many people yet. But it doesn't make it less real and less, less of a truth. And what I have seen with Tibetan lamas is that they have been studying the mind and the heart for decades, for centuries. And we only have like 100 years of studying the mind in psychology and psychiatry. So they have a lot of things to teach us. And one of them is, okay, the maximum goal that we should all have is enlightenment. And that means that you finish all your lessons here so you can be of maximum benefit here if you decide to incarnate to teach or you can go on to the next stage. So it's really up to us. This is the free will that we all have. We can decide to just dedicate our time to have more and more possessions, more followers, better job, finding the right person, you know, all those things that people do. And then at the end of the day, well, the day end of your life, <laughs> when you do the revision of your life, after you leave the body, you realize that you wasted your time. It's, this is a, a very precious possibility and opportunity to do something really useful with your life. And I can tell you that when you revise your life, you've reviewed everything you have done. You don't take anything with you. You don't take your status. You don't take your possessions. You don't take your friends. You don't take your partner, your children. You don't take anything. You just take the wisdom that you acquired and the kindness that you gave. So keeping that in mind is a no-brainer. What should I do my life? Well, put your focus on evolving, on progressing, because this is the only thing that you're going to take away with you. Thank you so much. I love the way you've described that. Um, and, and I love that it's, it's well, it's not just wisdom. Like, well, I don't even it sounds really weird to say a sentence. It's not just wisdom. Um, but also the, the, the highlighting the importance of calmness as well. Um, because I often find in my own journey that that's a really, really winning fruit. It's a really easy way to identify where I've actually still got work left to do um, when I'm unable to find 
naturally flowing kindness towards the other. It's like, you know, I get triggered and it's like, oh, that was mess. And, you know, it's interesting having a podcast called The Inspired Evolution because my mother actually is really good at calling me out. You know, she'll be like, that's not very inspired of the mission. And I'm like, yes, indeed. I, uh, I, re- I recognize that, wow, I, you know, I was triggered there. And I've actually said, you know, I would like to try and rework through that. And so I think kindness is also a really powerful um, you know, lens that affords, that holds space for us to be able to recognize what um, work we've got to do. And let's get to that. But I guess one of the questions I often find myself asking, and just given the nature of your work, I'm excited to ask this today to, sort, to see where we go with this, because you've espoused that you know, through the Tibetan teachings that enlightenment is this key goal to achieve. Um, and it's the most important thing that we can do with our lifetime. Now, I'm conscious that as soon as you say that to me as an individual, my mind automatically starts to sort of want to figure out the problem of being unenlightened. Um, And it now is like another thing that my mind is trying to problem solve. It's trying to crunch. And having done this work for long enough now, I recognize that uh, enlightenment, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, we're running after enlightenment and we're running forwards, but it's actually behind you. Slow down. (laughs) You know, just take it easier. Um, And in that, I guess, the curiosity point that I'd like to discuss with you is this nature of the way I look at enlightenment is it's this element of somehow going beyond the mind a little bit, you know, the suffering that is caused by the mind. Um, we've transitioned, we transition through and from into another space and another level of consciousness. However, in order to do that, it seems that we have to utilize and work with the mind. So it's this really interesting web, is it not, that we have to sort of work with a tool to transcend the tool? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Right. I think it's a little bit of a catch-22, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we, we, it's not easy, and, and I know that a lot of people talk about earth as the earth, as the as a school, right? And I, I tend to call it um, a boot camp. Because I think this is not a school. This is a boot camp. We are here to get ready for much higher evolution. And and this is difficult. This is very challenging. You know, you incarnate in a body. And the moment you do that, you forget about who you really are, what you came here for, who you were before, what your wisdom is, and everything else. So it's very difficult, you know, and... and here you you have to deal with people that are at a very low level of consciousness as well. The majority of people are not in a very high state of consciousness. So that makes the whole thing very, very difficult. And that means that, yes, you, we have a mind that is very useful for certain things, for problem solving, as you were talking about before, for... Um, rationalize things, analyze things, but then you realize that to be able to get enlightened, the rational mind is not very useful because you have to go through it. You have to cut through all the inner chatter 
And when you let your rational mind be active, then you are always analyzing. And analysis is not the, the door to enlightenment. So, yes, you have to work with what you have, which is a rational mind. And at the same time, you need to dissolve the ego, which is part of the personality and the rational mind. So it's really a paradox out there. And at the same time, this is, this is the game. These are the rules. This is the game. And this is what we have to play with. That's why it makes it so challenging. <laughs> you know, it's difficult. I'm not saying, I don't think it's, it's easy. I, I remember that the Dalai Lama used to tell us, it takes eons of time. That means a lot of lifetimes, you know, <laughs> to get there. But it's true that we are at a moment in global evolution, and, and I'm not even talking about the Earth. I'm talking about the whole galaxy and universe where we are, where we are living, where everything is changing. The whole universe is upgrading, and we are going towards a higher vibration, higher dimension. So. Things are really um, accelerated right now. So the opportunities are higher, but also the challenges are very difficult right now. So it's a, again, it's the, this is the paradox of duality. The bigger the challenge, the, more, the bigger the opportunity for your growth. And at the same time, you also have the danger of falling down. And, you know, it takes time until you get up again. In what you're describing, the um, rules are there a real underlying current of change that's coming, that's currently underway. And you know, underneath that, it seems, as you just described, this nature of challenge and how you know, in the school of life, it's a necessary ingredient for evolution and transformation. Um, and in the Buddhist philosophy, they have this idea of book and you know how it's inescapable can you describe suffering as a necessary ingredient for evolution um because part of me and maybe this is the spiritually immature version of it <laughs> would like to just say oh why can't i just evolve through joy and peace and happiness all the time <laughs> right so i'd love to ask you that question yeah well, I think that that will come eventually, but not on this earth on th in 3D, you know, th uh, third dimension. In third dimension, the rule of the game is um, that things are difficult, challenging, and that's, that's, that's what we have to accept. We accept it to come here and play by the rules. So these are the rules here. But I will say dukkha, it, yes, it is translated as, as um, suffering in general, but I think it has to do more with with dissatisfaction and i i make a, a, a difference between pain and suffering and i think because we don't accept that life here is inherently painful and it has a lot of pain and hurt and and you get wounded and on all that because we don't accept that as a, as a something necessary then we create a lot of suffering. So I would like to start by, by making the difference very clear for our audience, your audience, which is, okay, pain is inescapable. We have a body and the body gets sick. That's it. Sooner or later, you will get sick or you will get hurt. And that's it. You have to accept it. 
sometimes we, know, we, we create relationships and relationships get broken. The person goes away or, you know, you divorce or the person dies, you know, whatever. That's also a fact of life and we have to accept it. And sometimes you have dreams, you have projects, and those projects do not become a reality. It hurts, and it's normal that it hurts because you got involved in it. So that's the part that we must accept, otherwise we are going to suffer a lot. And then suffering is up to us. It's something that we can choose to go through or not. And how can we avoid it? Well, even when something painful happens in your life, even if it is something, a trauma or something that was really tough, it happened once. How many times you repeat that in your mind? That is suffering. And, and also this, the, the, the uncapability of, or inability to accept pain it will bring suffering, as, as I was saying, but I will give you an example. If you don't accept that life is pure change, then you suffer. Because you don't accept the impermanence of life, of things in, in 3D, in this dual world, are impermanent by its own nature. So nothing lasts forever. And that lack of acceptance of the nature of life here brings a lot of suffering because when something is good for us or we like it or we enjoy it, it's like, please don't ever change. But it's bound to change and it's bound to finish and, and start something else, right? So it is our mind, our lack of training, what brings us suffering. It is completely unnecessary. But if you want to, try to suffer, okay, be my guest. Because that was going to be one of my questions today. Thank you so much for listening to the difference between pain and suffering and this sort of, I don't want to say silver bullet, but this, you know, this hallowed ground, this sacred space of acceptance that is available to us. But in there, it's, again, the neuroses of the mind, you know, and um, just that it seems like exactly how you described, something will happen to us on one occasion and we will struggle with that interaction in that moment and we carry these interactions or these painful moments and we repeat them and repeat the trauma, in big T trauma, little T trauma, however you want to look at it, in our psyche and beat the anvil again and again and again. And watching that neuroses, it's like, if the mind is this tool that is, you know, meant to support me to some degree towards my enlightenment and in doing this to me, like, why is it, and I know this is probably a silly question, but to some degree, why is the mind so in its own way? Like, why would it not, why is it so hard for us to let go of these things? And, why is it not intuitive and natural and flowy for us to let go of things? Well, because the mind is associated uh, to the ego. So as long as the ego is in charge, we are bound to suffer and be frustrated, dissatisfied, and have a lot of anger and all the negative emotions. So in a way, I think it maybe I can explain in a way that people can understand it and in, in, in make sense. 
our mind is like remember just think about when you go to watch a movie okay and you see all the pictures and everything that is happening and you get so much into it that you believe is real and then you are swept by emotions and 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 it's, you don't realize it's not real but you believe you are in the movie and you're part of it it's the same thing with the mind there's not one single reality there are eight billions of realities depending on the mind of each person so the mind if it's not if it is not trained then it, it runs wild and you know it, it brings up so many unhealed wounds and anger and jealousy and um greed you know all those things that the ego is an expert in and then you just you get dragged by it so here when those things happen you have to realize that this is a makeup movie in your mind it has nothing to do with reality so if you don't like your life and you don't like the world and you don't like your relationships and you don't like yourself just question your mind because it's the mind interpreting and making up this whole movie that is so harmful for yourself and for others so you want a different life different relationships and, and a different relationship with yourself change the movie <laughs> and and then everything else would change I love that. And I can literally see, as you're describing, like the mind almost as this projector machine <laughs> that is at the cinemas and it's literally displaying a certain type of movie. And like you said, if you want it to change, feed it something different. Hey, you're Inspired Tribe. I want to take a quick sec. I wanted to share something today with you that is really dear to my heart. And it's actually what keeps the entire ecosystem around the Inspired Evolution thriving my one-on-one -on -one coaching. So it's basically coaching that helps you live a spiritually aligned life. I coach people from all different types of walks of life, that these people are leaders and they're looking to have an incredible spiritual impact in the lives that they're leading for themselves and then also lead in alignment to their values. Now you don't have to take my word for it. Here's a few people that have also transformed through my coaching and here's what they have to say. Amrit is a fantastic coach. In a few sessions, he got to a depth that I'd only experienced before working with certain medicines. And he's gone through a lot of the struggles that you're probably facing. Then my corporate banking job wasn't really doing it. You feel like you're not making progress towards your goals. And Amrit's been a really strong, supportive figure in my journey. I'm more in control of myself. I'm kinder to myself. I actually have that vision and a purpose. I do feel like I'm a better version of myself already. Amazing energy. He was easy to talk to, which made me easy to trust him. Working with Emmerich at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and really I was bouncing out of bed. Whenever I get off the calls with Emmerich, best money we've ever spent. <laughs> I would not recommend him because I don't want everyone to know about him and then I won't be able to book him. If he gets too busy, I won't get my turn. I would say absolutely. There's no way you can work with Amrit for a period of time without being transformed. So if you're considering him as a coach, do not hesitate because you won't be disappointed.
As you guys can see, there's a lot of people all over the world from all these different corners experiencing incredible transformations. I don't think if I can say humbly myself that there is anything quite like this somewhere else online. Most people that you know have channels that you know grow and grow and grow don't really focus on one-to-one -one offerings. I have just found that it is the most profound space where you can bring yourself in a private container and really just share what's going on for yourself. And if you want to book in for that call with me, touch base, it's www amrit.coach forward slash life. That's www.amrit.coach forward slash L-I-F-E. There is a link in the show notes below to book in that call. And yeah, if you want to take your journey further, if you want to dive in deeper and you really want to live a spiritually aligned life, if it's for you, please do check it out. And without too much further ado, once again, for your spirit, for yourself, today's podcast. And normalize the heart of some of the questions that I wanted to move into today, um, which is, you know, walking with the mind, because you've worked with a lot of different people from a lot of different demographics. We're talking some, you know, really globally recognized organizations um, to leading personal summits and retreats, you know. Um, so in and around that, I guess, we, how do we start to work with healing in the mind um i guess we've discussed some of the stuff that you know the challenge that the mind has how do you invite people into starting a journey to working with their mind and how do we start to heal from some of these challenges that the mind has i think the first and foremost is mindfulness you know you have to become aware of your thoughts of your speech and your actions most people live lives as sleepwalkers you know, they just follow whatever the so-called expert tells you to do uh, or follow whatever your family believes or follow whatever society or whoever is the new um, celebrity or, or YouTuber or whatever tells you to do. And they, they just follow. They comply. To be able to be a master of your mind it all starts with awareness and you have to be very present and in inner silence if your mind is always chatting then you cannot even hear your intuitions the voice of your inner guidance is completely is so subtle that you cannot hear it and then you just just follow the rules and the rules may be good for some people but maybe they're not good for you the the most the greatest expert in your mind and in your life and in your body is yourself why do we end up listening to all these people when we have the inner guidance and and most of these people don't even want our good they just want to use us to manipulate us so to be able to be a master of your or your life, you need to be a master of your mind. And to be able to be a master of your mind, it all starts with awareness. To be present in this moment, whatever you are doing or not doing, but just be here now. Instead of, of just ruminating things from the past that didn't work out well, or that were wonderful, but they are not here anymore, or just fearing things that will come and are, are going to be so possibly damaging for you but you have no idea because we don't know what the future will bring and then who is here to live life and to deal with whatever is is coming up here and to enjoy it 
there's no one here. The mind is somewhere else. And I think the um, yeah, I love that. Then you remember to change your life, change your mind, and then start to become inviting more and more awareness. Um, it does seem really, and maybe I'm wrong, that in today's society, more often than not, it will be becoming harder and harder to hold a space of presence for one's self. Would you agree with that? Yes, I do agree. I think technology is absorbing every single minute that we have. And then we think that we need to be um, continuously talking to people or absorbing information, useless information, by the way, but still, and, and then wasting our work. Except for this podcast. Sorry, I like to drink part of it. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. And the other thing is like we have been brainwashed into thinking that contemplating and being in silence is a waste of time. We should be productive. We are not human beings. We are human doers. Where does it come from? We are human beings, but we are hardly ever being. We are always doing something. And we feel so guilty when we are not doing and producing and thinking that we are getting closer to our goals. Yeah, but where, where are those goals for us if I, I don't have the time to enjoy them? What's the point? Yeah, I find that so potent when you describe it that way because you know the even just the concept of how much of our self-worth is attached to what we do you know and then the, again the ego and the neurosis the mind and the mind and the ego consistently wanting to validate to build up its self-worth its self-esteem and it's like okay if i do more and i do more and i do more and it just consistently runs into this space of doing 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 and then eventually it's like actually can you find some sense of just value in being existing like you're here it's pretty remarkable if you just slow down to accept it for a second sorry you were going to say something here but it, no, it's, it's absolutely true we we have been we have let we have been led to believe things that are going against ourselves our best interest and our best interest is to be right here, right now, enjoy life, whatever it brings. Sometimes it's very good. Sometimes it's more difficult. But still, it's always there's always an opportunity for us in the situation. But our value is intrinsic to, to existence itself. We exist as a, as part of the universal consciousness. And that is so valuable in itself. That's the, the divine spark in all of us. We don't need to be leaders of anything or anyone. We don't need to achieve great things or what we consider are material great things here in this world. We don't need to possess anything. We don't have to have a partner. We don't have to have a family. We don't have to do anything to be able to be and feel very valuable because we are. Universal consciousness is going through all of what each sentient being has a spark of that consciousness. And that is 
so important, so fundamental, because the source of everything, the universal consciousness, is not the same without you or without that other person in the street. Maybe he's a homeless. It doesn't matter. He's very valuable for for all that is. And that, that is what makes you understand that our value doesn't come for what society puts on you or waits or expects from you. So your value comes from existing. And that's why every single being on this earth is valuable. It doesn't matter if it is a king or a beggar. It's the same. And we have built the whole society like a hierarchy of importance. We are all important. There's no superior or inferior. We are just equals in the eyes of God because we are God. I um, am reminded of your experience learning from the Dalai Lama. Um, and maybe I'll start kind of what I'm referring to and then you can take over and explain the experience a little bit with us. From what I've come to understand, you are there absorbing the teachings, learning and learning from the teachings and as you were speaking, but you were also having very interesting peak experiences when he was sharing and talking and not always understanding what he was saying word for word, like word teeth. Um, so yeah, can you describe that a little bit? Because for me, it reminded me of just how important it is to do the work, you know, um, because there is obviously, you know, what I'm saying, what you're saying and what we're sharing today, but also we don't recognize. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The energy that we bring in touch with to the conversation in some ways, which is cultivated by our being in our day-to-day living and, you know, as we're talking about being, you know, um, mm. just being, yeah, and that's right. sort of what I was, yeah, please, you go. Well, I think we, we give a lot of importance to the words, but I think it's much more important. I don't think it's not important. The words are important because this is our way to communicate with each other. But even more important is our energy because it's our vibration that really matters. And that we cannot see or feel with our eyes or our senses yet. It will come at some point when we raise our vibration. But it doesn't mean that it's, it's not there. We are all, everything is energy and we are energy. So the most important thing is 
how high your vibration is. Where do you vibrate? Because you will attract that and you will emanate that. And what happened to me, that was the first time I received uh, teachings from the Dalai Lama. That was many, many years ago. It was, I think it was 2006. And that was my first peak experience or mystical experience or spiritual experience, whatever people uh, tend to call it. And that was very surprising because I was not prepared for that. And it came out of the blue. He started doing an initiation and for people that wanted to take the vows of bodhicitta. And bodhicitta is the being that commits himself to come and reincarnate again and again until all beings are liberated. So when I found out what it meant, I said, I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do that. <laughs> and it's like, so I'm not going, everybody was just taking the commitment so freely and so spiritual, spiritual and like, karmic cleaned up cream for life, for life. not just for like, life, no. but for life upon life, for life, for life. Oh, wow. Yes, even though it doesn't sound like a faint-hearted commitment to make. Sorry. Right, right. So many like people were doing it, like it was nothing. And I said, okay, I'm not doing that. I'm not ready for that at that point. But it, it didn't really matter. So I was doing, he was speaking and giving all these um, like words in Tibetan that I didn't understand a thing. It was all very complicated. And then, of course, it was translated. But even if it was translated, it was very alien to me at that time. It was like, okay, you imagine this God here on, on your head and on top of him is this other God and this the other deity. It was very complicated. So I was not really following it. But the amazing thing is every time he will speak, I will go into a big experience where I just felt one with everything. I just felt that everything around me and in me was love, pure, unconditional love. And I would start crying. And I was in the middle of everybody, you know, like, well, I don't know, hundreds of people. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm just crying like a baby here. And then he would stop and I would stop. The whole experience will stop. He will speak again and the whole experience will just resume. I'm like, what? I, I didn't know what was going on with me. I was really, really surprised. And and then with time, of course, I was able to integrate the experience and that those kind of experiences kept repeating in my life. And and I understood that that is part of of the spiritual path at some point that, that happens to a lot of people. And that is something that it builds up until one day that kind of experience will be your life, hopefully. <laughs> yes, when you're saying you're crying, I think for just to clarify for those, are there tears of sadness or are there tears of joy? Yeah, how are you? Yeah. Oh, there were tears of bliss. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think it's quite, um, yeah, quite profound. Even just knowing that that's possible to experience and then knowing, like you said, to use the word integrate. Um, that into our into our being in our day to day living and then learning to evolve our day to day being on a daily basis to I guess transcend um into these higher levels of consciousness. One of my doing research for our podcast and you um you put it this way and I want to 
willing to ask you to unpack this because yeah, I think this is supremely profound. You said we can't, we cannot transcend an ego that has not been healed first. Yeah, I don't think this is very popular. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, because we're, we're, we're discussing energy and, you know, you can, and then, you know, there's the everyday stuff that's happening to us. And, you know, we're challenged by it and we've been discussing those challenges. Um, and we've talked about the place and the pain and the, the, the difference between the pain and the suffering and the pain that the ego is, you know, generating from the story. Um, well, can you describe what you mean by we cannot transcend an ego that has not been healed first? Because now it opens up this whole conversation around healing. And previously, it was just uh, understanding the difference between pain and suffering. I think um, in, in my studies with uh, Tibetan lamas, I have discovered that they don't place much importance on that. Um, for them, you don't need much healing. All you need is just to detach from it. It's something from the past, detach from it and move on. And because I am also a Westerner and, and I think um, psychology or psychotherapy in general has its place, I do think that you need to heal first and you need help with healing Sometimes you cannot do it on your own. And, and that's why there are so many people that can help in, in many holistic ways nowadays. When you don't heal, you tend to, to put that under the rug. Or it would, in a different, way to, a different way to explain is that it will just go into the, your shadow. It will become a blind point in your subconscious mind. And that means that you, instead of overcoming it, of healing and overcoming that obstacle or that, let's call it problem from the past, what you do is just you overlook it. And then you are very tempted to do spiritual bypass. So instead of facing what you don't like and going through the pain again to be able to be on the other side, what you do is like you find ways to find excuses and justifications not to do it. And that becomes a drag in itself, a burden for your enlightenment because you don't overcome something, you don't look into it, you don't tackle the problem, then it will become a burden that you will be carrying all the time. And then the ego may have the illusion that has become so advanced because it doesn't have any problem. And the only thing that you have become is unaware of yourself, of your mind, and all the things that you have been hiding in your subconscious mind. And that is not progressing in any way. You know? The, on the contrary, you, you are stopped by that. You are stuck with it, whether you like it or not. I don't know if that mm -hmm. makes sense. It totally makes sense. And sorry, I'm smiling because <laughs> I, I, if that was not popular, I think what I'm about to ask next is you're going to polarize some people, but I don't think it's an important conversation to have because we're discussing spiritual bypassing and 
of what basically avoiding the necessary lessons, like you said, the school of life that is here to teach us. And, you know, some on some level, also touch or chose these lessons as part of my belief system. Um, and we will get into belief systems, actually. Um, but in there, one of the interesting pieces is also that you said, and I'm avoiding asking the question, meditation can be a form of spiritual bravery. <laughs> What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's another That's unpopular another... one, right? <laughs> Can you untie that man's place for a moment? Right. Yeah. Well, I have seen, since I, I have been teaching meditation and, and especially mindfulness uh, to a lot of people, I have seen that some people use it to as a spiritual bypass. So what I, I mean by that is sometimes you may have things that are unpleasant, that are unpleasant to deal with, basically. Whether it is with yourself or with other people, or you have a difficult situation at work, or you have a difficult situation with your partner or something with your children. Yeah, there are so many possibilities. And, and instead of facing that challenging situation, what you do is you meditate. Okay, good. I meditate, I feel so much calmer i feel so much um centered that instead of dealing with it i can go on like this forever so that that it's like okay meditation is done to be able to calm your mind and to go through the chatter so you see what it is on the other side but it's not it can it shouldn't of course everybody can do whatever they want but it shouldn't be used to avoid facing difficult situations because then you will not progress. You will get stuck again. That is so profound because, yeah, I put my hand up. I have been guilty of, okay, this is not working. I need to take some moments to just sit, be with myself, take the time. And actually, as I go into myself, it's like, actually, my being's fine. That was just happening over there and I don't have to address it. But we notice that like, ooh, <laughs> it could be a year later, it could be some time later, same thing, same thing as it's head again and now like, oh, I thought I'd worked through that. And I was like, no, 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 you just worked in and around while that was happening. You worked on yourself, but you didn't work through that actual thing. Um, and I think it's important to elicit and I can appreciate why it's unpopular because... <laughs> I've, as a meditation teacher, yeah. And it's also a way to avoid change, you know? It's like, okay, I feel uncomfortable with the situation, but comfortable enough not to do anything about it. Okay, so we, pro we would just prolong the situation. We just hold on to the situation forever. And it's like, no, you know, you just sometimes you do need to address the situation and you need to do things. And it's not just, okay, Let's live with it. Well, sometimes you have to because it's out of your control. So with what it is out of your control, you need to live with it. You need to accept it. But some things are under our control and we need to go into action. This is Meditation cannot be a justification for not doing anything in life. It's not about that or not getting involved in, in, in daily life. Let's let's not put everything in the same basket, <laughs> you know. So that's that is a, a very confusing way 
and and not a distorted way to look at, at uh, the spiritual path and the the tools that we can use because then everything becomes very confused and and I don't think it will lead to any progress so Monica in there I think you know we're touching at the heart of yeah really where knowledge brings us knowledge comes to its edge and wisdom starts to open up because yeah even in that like it's very difficult to know what is within our control and what is beyond our control in some instances um being able to discern between the two the mind can do somewhat of a job um but i have found oftentimes it is wrong <laughs> i have found in my experience um and I guess this sort of opens the door for wisdom because that seems like one of those wisdom pieces, like, you know, the wisdom to know what I can change and accept the things that I can't. And the key piece being the wisdom to know the difference between the two, you know, and therein lies this real thing, like what is the wisdom of what I can change? What is the wisdom of what I can't? And the actual wisdom of like, okay, the tipping point of how do I discern between the two? And sort of using that as a um, as a as a segue, I guess, to some degree, as a launching point for the seven levels of wisdom, the book that you recently wrote. Um, yeah, maybe you can describe wisdom and the seven levels of wisdom, and we can start to discuss what is in those in in the forthcoming book and why why levels of wisdom. Why you use that word as well? Well, I think. Respond, trying to, to answer your question, I think, first of all, we need to be very honest with ourselves. You know, there's no progress if you lie to yourself. And, and, and sometimes when, when there are things about our lives that we don't like, we prefer to just not look at it and lie to ourselves and say, okay, this is fine. Everybody does it. You know, I need this to be able to get there. And and then you become settling for, settling for less, you know, and, and, and doing things that are not, that you shouldn't be doing because it's not aligned with your highest good and the highest good of other people. So we have to be very honest also when it is unpleasant. And I think that is the beginning of it. And deep inside, that divine spark that we all have will tell us this is right and this is wrong. And this you should do it and this you shouldn't do it. And this is beneficial and this is detrimental for you and others. The only thing is we don't want to listen to that. But why? Because, you know, I just want to have a little more pleasure here. And I don't, you know, this is, this is good for me and this is a whim of my ego. Why not? A little bit more of this and that. And and the ego has this ability to get us into anything and justify anything. So it's knowing really that, that, by the way, it's really well, good, it's at very that. good at that. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we have to be very honest. And it's like, okay, I know you. I know you're going to go that way, but it's not the right way. So okay, let's come back here and let's let's listen to my guidance. What does it say? And it says, don't do it. It's not good for you. It may be very pleasurable in the short term. It may give you some um, sense of importance in the short term, but in the medium and long term, it's going to have really bad consequences. So don't do it. 
And that is like, okay, be very honest and listen to your inner guidance. I think that's the beginning of, of, of a path of wisdom. And then I wanted to talk in the book, The Seven Levels of Wisdom, I wanted to talk about certain things to be able to change the ultimate goal that is set for us in our society. The ultimate goal here is to be an achiever, to achieve success, material success, and show everybody how well you have done it. And look at the world right now. This is what being achievers and, and, and aiming at being all achievers has brought us. This is it. So I think this is the time in our history where we need to change this. And this needs a shift in consciousness. So it means that we also, when we, we do that shift individually and collectively, we understand that being an achiever cannot be the summit of human evolution. This is only part of the conventional theory where, you know, we just follow the rules. We, we just use our rational mind. We don't question our beliefs or the belief system. And, and we just follow whatever science says. And that's it. This is what we have. This is the world that we have. Is this what we want? Well, if we, we don't like what we are doing, the results we are getting, when well, we should change what we are doing. So I think it's important to know that there are four levels after being an achiever. Achiever is only the third level of evolution for humanity, for human beings. There are four levels afterwards that we, every single human being needs to go through to be able to, uh, to reach unity. Unity consciousness or enlightenment or ascension, whatever you want to use as a, as a concept. So I wanted to show that to people so we know where we are. We are honest with ourselves and we see where we are and what we need to do to keep progressing. And there are more and more people open to this kind of teachings. They, they want to continue their progress, but they don't know how. And... And I think it's also that I thought it was good. That was that at least that was the information I got from higher ground that it was good to bring that. So our ultimate goal is change collectively, so we can change our world, and we are ready for the shifting consciousness that is needed on this earth very soon. Hey, you're Inspired Tribe. I want to take a quick sec. I wanted to share something today with you that is really dear to my heart. And it's actually what keeps the entire ecosystem around Inspired Evolution thriving, my one-on-one coaching. So it's basically coaching that helps you live a spiritually aligned life. I coach people from all different types of walks of life. These people are leaders and they're looking to have an incredible spiritual impact in the lives that they're leading for themselves and then also lead in alignment to their values. Now you don't have to take my word for it. Here's a few people that have also transformed through my coaching and here's what they have to say. Amrit is a fantastic coach. In a few sessions, he got to a depth that I'd only experienced before working with certain medicines. And He's gone through a lot of the struggles that you're probably facing. Then my corporate banking job wasn't really doing it. You feel like you're not making progress towards your goals. And Amrit's been a really strong, supportive figure in my journey. I'm more 
in control of myself. I'm kinder to myself. I actually have that vision and a purpose. I do feel like I'm a better version of myself already. Amazing energy. He was easy to talk to, which made me easy to trust him. Working with Emirate at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and really I was bouncing out of bed. Whenever I get off the calls with Emirate, best money we've ever spent. <laughs> I would not recommend him because I don't want everyone to know about him and then I won't be able to book him. If he gets too busy, I won't get my turn. I would say absolutely. There's no way you can work with Amrit for a period of time without being transformed. So if you're considering him as a coach, do not hesitate because you won't be disappointed. As you guys can see, there's a lot of people all over the world from all these different corners experiencing incredible transformations. I don't think, if I can say humbly myself, that there is anything quite like this somewhere else online. Most people that you know have channels that you know grow and grow and grow don't really focus on one-to-one -one offerings. I have just found that it is the most profound space where you can bring yourself in a private container and really just share what's going on for yourself. And if you want to book in for that call with me, touch base, it's www amrit.coach forward slash life. That's www.amrit.coach forward slash L-I-F-E. There is a link in the show notes below to book in that call. And yeah, if you want to take your journey further, if you want to dive in deeper and you really want to live a spiritually aligned life, if it's for you, please do check it out. And without too much further ado, once again, for your spirit, for yourself, today's podcast. Emotional levels and maybe it's worth us discussing what are some of these levels um, beyond the material because yeah, it does seem to be like it's had its moment in the sun, you know. Um, and you know, I think oftentimes, I think even for those tuning in, it's probably worth us clarifying that you know we're probably not demonizing achieving. Um, it was it's a necessary path of our evolution. Um, and as we're individually evolving beyond achievement, we're collectively evolving into the next phase, which is a really exciting time. But it is quite a step change because everything leading into this moment was of a certain frequency and then now go to go from achievement towards flow and surrender, uh, acceptance and moving into the next phase is, it, it just, it's the tools that have gotten me here. You still need to retain those to some degree, but soften all the angular edges into the like space, right? Um, so we're not here to demonize achievement, but at the same time, you know, learning to go, okay, well done. You've done that now. And now the next thing to, and, it's, and it, it, admittedly, this is back to what we were describing before about the mind and, you know, using the mind to get to an ultimate because, Oh, God. it's easy when I make a joke of myself because it's just, I know me, right? So it's like, you know, now we've gotten to this point of like, okay, I can achieve and I know that if I set a target and set a goal, I can achieve it. I just need to focus and empower and discipline and bang, I can do it. And then it goes, okay, and next stage of your evolution is to, and I will get you to explain the, the four levels. That's the question still. Um, but the irony of like for myself was like, okay, cool. And the next phase is to trust more, accept more, and more, be kind in your interactions and surrender and flow. And it's like, okay, let's achieve that. <laughs> and so trying to use the operating system that's gotten me here for achievement into unlocking the new thing. And like, oh, and that's exactly 
the bit that you need to work on, which is the part that's trying to achieve surrender, achieve kindness, achieve love, soften, soften, soften. And like, oh man, this is so easy. <laughs> it was just so much easier to set the discipline to be, yeah. Sorry, I I make a lot of the work, but it's um yeah, the the next level is from from the space of achievement and the and the transition that we're going through, if you don't mind sharing that with us. Right. I think I think it's you're completely right. This is not about demonizing anything. This is about embodying the previous levels. This is like a um a Russian doll, you know. You have all the previous ones inside and you just get the new one embracing the previous ones but it's like okay we don't we're not going to stay there you know it's like okay let's go to the next one and the next one is becoming an individualist an individualist is the person that starts questioning the system of beliefs and this the matrix and everything and, and starts realizing that he doesn't or she doesn't or they don't want to become part of it blindly they start questioning the rules and they become independent. And a, a good example of it will be the hippies of the, in the sixties, you know, they started questioning everything and, and those were becoming individualists. The next one will be the strategist. And this, this, a lot of therapists and coaches are there. And this is the people that want to be the best version of themselves. They, they, they really place less importance on achieving things, on attaining goals, and more on becoming a, a, a more developed self and bringing all the, the qualities and the talents and the gifts and the strengths out there to be able to use them and starting to see that maybe there are things to be questioning in the rational mind and maybe there is a supra-rational mind as well. And then it comes, the next one will be the alchemist. The alchemist starts having more and more big experiences and starts to have one foot on, on the other side and one foot here. And it becomes very complex because it's able to, to have a lot of complexity in his mind and understand many things that are difficult for most people. And, and they feel very alone. Because no one, they don't have many people they have, they can share their ideas of the world and themselves and the mind and, and everything with, they don't have many people to share that with. So there is a, this thing of, I want to be on the other side, but I have to be here and, and I don't know how to get there and I want to be more there. So there is it's an uncomfortable position for them. And the last one is the unitive, which it we could say that they are almost enlightened, if not enlightened. And these are people that are so in the present, they are able to understand that everything has its place, that everything is perfect, that you don't have to do anything to be loved. I will love you the way you are. It doesn't really matter what you do. And they they are able to surrender to whatever is happening. Is, is the next step of acceptance. And they live in a constant flow. But of course, we are talking about 0.1% of the population. 
I'm yeah. probably I'm, I'm being generous. I'm being generous. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say, and it's but it's also um, thank you so much for sharing those. And you know, I think even just a, a potent reminder at this point that as we share these levels, noticing that there is an achieving mind that then goes, oh, we've to achieve. You know, and it's like going back to what I was saying before about learning to soften the experience of that ambition that's you know trying to like hungrily grab at the next thing because there was this real interesting dance about yeah just order chaos surrender um discipline you know was this real yeah and like you said even how you described the alchemist was quite um quite profound because it's you start maybe i've had some peak like just a peek into some of that that space because I, it's really weird that the dichotomies of being human is so, it's ridiculous on some levels, you know? It really is. It's like, on one hand, I'm completely creating my experience in every single moment. I'm completely empowered. And then on the other hand, it's, I'm just a small molecule floating through this galaxy, which is, you know, like, completely in situations like nothing of what I do really matters at all and it's you know the and those are true at any given time and as you start to sit with that it's like the rational mind really starts to decompose and show its limitations yeah yeah because it's as you said it's very paradoxical so when you are in the ultimate position you see you know that that there at some point you will be able to conciliate both that you will be able to integrate the yin and yang the, the shadow and the light and, and and you will be able to do that but at that point you can't do it you just have glimpses of it and you know that it's possible and you know there is more than ego did you know that that in 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 some way we are all interconnected and at some points and some moments of your life you can feel it but then at some points it's gone. You cannot, and you don't know what to do to, to because you cannot force it. And and then when you come at the unitive level, you don't have to do anything because you know, you you feel it, you witness this dance of life and you become so thrilled with it. You know that you don't need to change a single thing because everything is perfect and everything fits as it should fit. But of course, you know, it takes all this long path to get there. <laughs> you know, and even as we're saying that, I noticed that it can be triggering for some people for us to even say it that way, you know, because sometimes you say, hey, everything is exactly how it's meant to be. And, you know, even like what we described earlier, the challenges are a necessary ingredient for the shaking up, the cracking open, the awakening. And, you know, when we're in it, it's hard to hear it, you know, especially from that achiever mindset, you know. Um, yeah, and I because, because the ego. Let me just add that the ego will never understand it. The ego will never accept it because you cannot do it from the level of the mind. It can be, it can only be done from the soul level, and and you know that from the soul level everything makes sense and we have agreed to the experiences we are having now because it's, it is for our highest benefit as the soul not as the ego so that's why we resist many situations we don't like them 
because the ego will never accept that this has to happen for me to learn and I have to have this accident and I have to have this abuser in my life. Come on, this is not possible. So the ego will never understand it and it's only by taking a higher level, a higher perspective that you you can accept it because you know that you don't know, that you don't have all the pieces of the puzzle and you can only get the pieces as you get to a higher level and you get you progress and even in one lifetime there are many things that happen in your life at some point and you can only understand when you look backwards in hindsight it makes sense but it didn't make sense at the time that they were happening right imagine when we get the souls level and we see the whole thread of lifetimes but we have the wisdom of not being in a body and we see everything and then it's like of course and now it's just an inner trust an act of 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 trusting that this is for the best and of course an act of humility which we are not renowned for human beings Let's discuss that a little bit because my questions were going to be along the line from this point, you know, um, how do we start to work through the levels? Because as I've humorously described my own limitations as the achiever <laughs> trying to surrender, um, you know, surely there is, you know, a way forward for us to progress. And I think your whole, your lifetime's work has been dedicated. Um, to this and yeah like I said there in stands the question of how do we learn to progress learn to evolve given where we are now and where we're going collectively and you know it's I take a lot of heart from the conversation that we're having and I will let you answer the question sorry just a sec though but when we get meta and we zoom out a little bit like you described earlier it's really reassuring to feel as well that you know, even just looking at things as basic as, you know, oh, the coaching industry is growing, you know, and you mentioned, you know, like step six is the, uh, is, um, is the strategist. And it's like, yeah, you know, coaching as an industry is growing. So collectively we are moving into these levels higher and higher. And, you know, it's quite inspiring to feel that potentially this whole realm of life evolves into this space where it is finally all unitive and you're like what does that even look like like the mind is completely bent out of shape in that space (laughs) Um, but nonetheless you know we are doing the work and it is inspiring to feel that even through all the calamities and the challenges that actually awakening is happening um and in some ways actually it even is being televised um yeah so how do you invite us to do the work to learn to move into these higher and higher levels because also i'm conscious we made light of you know that meditation can be spiritual bypassing but any of the fundamental tools <laughs> so, it is. Yes, the tool, it is. <laughs> yeah so the tools that you believe can help and support us there and yeah how do we how do we work on it well so so meditation can be a a, a tool to bypass other things but you cannot bypass <laughs> meditation <laughs> I love that. Thank you for kind of like, that's such a great way to put it. <laughs> Just for, for um, 
time, you know, we have kind time constraints and I don't want to go too much into detail, but I, I will say one of the things that we can use is what I call the sacred triangle, which is inner peace, working on inner peace, working on benevolence towards all, including ourselves, and insight, which means seeing things as they are, not as the ego sees them. So inner peace is the base for everything. If you are not at peace with yourself, at peace with others, and at peace with the world, you cannot progress. And how do you achieve that? Well, I would say through meditation, through silence, through forgiveness of self and others, through acceptance, and it doesn't mean acceptance of what you like, it's mostly acceptance of what you don't like, through detachment, otherwise there will always be something pulling you backwards. And when you work on all those things, also transforming your negative emotions into positive ones, greed, jealousy, anger, um, everything that comes up as negative, you transform that into positive ones, kindness, loving, being loving to others, seeing others as part of yourself, not as enemies or competitors or potential threat to your well-being. You know, all those things, you need to work on all that, on all those, to be able to achieve inner peace. And it's not achieving as something that I get there and that is, is done. Is living in inner peace means that you have to work on that every single day of your life. Gratitude is another one that will help you being at peace. And then you have the, the two other vortices of, of that triangle, which is benevolence. And benevolence means that you will have this attitude of kindness towards all. And you will be compassionate and you will try to give a hand if you can. And you will see cooperation instead of competition. And you will see that we are all part of the same family, human family, even if they are not my blood family still. So that's an attitude that we need to work on because otherwise we have a world that that we have right now, you know, full of... Uh, disagreements and and dis and arguments and wars and so on. And last but not least, we have to work on the right view. Buddhists call it the right view, and the, uh, they also call it wisdom. But I think it's more clear to call it insight because it means that you see right, rightly. So it means that you see through the eyes of the soul, you, you see through the eyes of consciousness itself instead of seeing through the eyes of ego. The ego only sees what, what you can witness with your eyes, with your five senses. And here we are talking about seeing things through a, from a higher viewpoint and, and seeing that even though it seems that we are separated, that's only a filter of our brain to be able to, to live with the rules of this 3D. But it's not reality. This is not who, who we are. We are not this body. We are the essence that has chosen to inhabit this body to be able to 
go through the experiences, unlearn, and progress. I don't know if it I'm makes conscious. sense because it's difficult I, I, it, to, to It does, and I'm conscious that each of those is a we can do a whole like meditation can be a whole podcast and it's well gratitude acceptance within each of these is a whole hour-long podcast unto themselves um detachment transforming negative emotions into positive um and i think that's a nice a really nice place to i mean to, to acknowledge that and also acknowledge that you know, it's um there's a whole body of your work like we discussed earlier that there are nine books um, and Seven Levels of Wisdom is coming out in English, but also you've got a YouTube channel, and there's so many resources online. For those that want to connect to your work, Monica, online, what's um, what's uh, what's your recommendation of how they do that? And we will put the links in the show notes, as always, guys, below. Yeah. Thank you, Amrit. Um, they have my website, which is monicaisgiva.com, E-S-G-U-E-V-A. And then I, um, I have um, a new YouTube channel in English, that I, I am going to keep uploading some videos to be able to uh, share some, some teachings and some guidance. And then, of course, my new book that is um, almost uh, published, it's going to be published just very soon, and it's The Seven Levels of Wisdom, and it will be available worldwide. So I hope that th that will be a tool to help a lot of people. That's my wish and my innermost desire. Of course, and uh, what we will do as well is um, when the book comes out, because the podcast is coming out and you guys are hearing this now, um, but yeah, if you join the Inspired Evolution mailing list, when the book comes out, we'll send you a link um, to be able to open the book as well. Um, yeah. Monica, wow. This conversation, in some ways, it feels like we're just getting started. <laughs> and some ways have been so enriching. Um, I always remark, you know, there are these conversations when you feel like, you know, in 3D time, we've been talking for an hour, but also the line we've covered and the connection we've shared, touch with, feels like we've been talking for lifetimes <laughs> about Absolutely. some of the great topics, touch with. So I, um, I, I honestly want to thank you for your time and your presence and your energy today. Um, and you know, that definitely stands, but you know, as always, it's, it's not just today's conversation. It's, you know, all the work that you've shown up for and done in your own life and all the challenges and all the transcending and all the witnessing and all the space you've held for yourself as well, that, you know, we get to stand on the shoulders of, you know, the being that has shown up again and again. So just acknowledging you, sister, for all the work that you Thank do in you. life and that's, what you're doing for that's others. Very, mm. very kind of you. Thank you, Amrit. Thank you. Of course. And uh, again, for those that are tuning in, thank you so much for listening all the way through. Like I described earlier, I will put a link to Monica's work in the show notes below. Her YouTube channel, I highly recommend. Please go check out. Um, not every uh, video is as long as this one. There are some bite-sized, digestible pieces where you can actually take away nuggets and you know, search for things that are really um, coming up for you in the present moment. And uh, yeah, when the book comes out, um, the link to the book will be there now, so you can pre-order if you want. Um, but yeah, when the book comes out, we'll also send out an email to our mailing list. And uh, yeah, we'll keep you abreast of everything that's coming up. Monica, thank you so much again. So much love from Australia. Thank you. Um, it has been a, a real pleasure. I have to say, I've been looking into your work and just more and more, and I'm like, oh my God, this is the work. This is absolutely the work. 
there is such a deep resonance and I cannot thank you again for you know just enough to you know just reach out and it was like I said to you before I was I was trying to articulate this earlier but I couldn't it was like when you reached out there was it wasn't what I was reading that you know compelled me there was neologetics and you know, similar to what you were describing before with like, oh yeah, I was just sitting on the diorama and he's talking, you know, I'm not getting any of it, but I'm feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> I had the, um, I had the exact same experience when I got your email. Um, well, well not the exact same experience, but similar the universe, yeah. the universe works in mysterious ways. And, yeah. and you know, when I started the whole thing with the book, and I, I received the information that I had to write this book. And they said, okay, you have to write it in English. And I was like, what the heck? Do you think this response is not difficult enough that I have to do it in English now? And then it's like, how am I going to publish it? I knew, I know zero people in the US, you know? Did you think you're crazy? You know, what are you asking of me? And here we are, you know? So... I, I just knew I had to trust the, the inner guidance, the higher guidance. I had no idea how this was going to be possible. I thought, who is he going to, you know, I have, I don't know anyone. I have no network there. And then it's like, okay, Monica, just trust. And it's like, okay, I surrender to the higher powers. We'll see what happens. And here we go. You know, I never thought that you will answer so quickly or you know and i would like for 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 saturday i have not prepared anything yet you know this is my first interview about the book <laughs> what am i going to talk about <laughs> no, no, no. It's, um, it's, it's, it's teaching me a lot about trust and surrender even the response the way you're sharing that it's like you know like the embodiment of that trust and that surrender is wow Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart 
A better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.